Wow. Today's episode is about to be mind-blowing. And when I say mind-blowing, you have to get ready for this because we have an amazing guest today. And she she is known for so many great things. Like if you if you know Fox News, if you know CNN, if you know Ebony, you know that the Washington Post, like find her there. She's amazing with her content. And I'm so glad you're able to be here today, Gail. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Playroom. You know, <laughs> thank you for having me. I, I, I wanted to step into the playroom, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, okay. yeah, and just a little okay. backstory so guys know exactly how this happened. I was literally scrolling as usual on TikTok, and she was going in with fire comments and people were responding and she was really into it and I, I was like who is this so i got into the tiktok live and i was talking and i was listening and i was like yeah she knows what she's talking about so you know you, you never know where you meet people so meeting you today now you know is really a pleasure and an honor and i'm sure that a lot of people are going to benefit from this information because we're going to be diving deep into relationships you know, mindset, how do you think about connections and you're the person that's gonna be the hero today. <laughs> you know, just telling us <laughs> all the good I don't stuff. Know about the hero, but experience, absolutely. I, I like I said, I have been doing I've been in this relationship space, literally helping couples and singles, you know, really understand what intimacy, love and amazing sex for the last eighteen years. It literally became my, my passion. You know, um, me and my husband been married most of our lives. We got married at 21 and 22, which we had no business being married. And we have faced pretty much any and everything that a marriage and a relationship um, has faced. And so when I got into this work, it became my passion because even though I'm a Christian and I love God, you know, when I would go to you know church when we were having problems and literally struggling, um, they would just tell me to pray about it and that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with prayer. I know it works. But when you're in a space and you're feeling disconnected and, you know, all of these things that goes on with relationships, it, it was just like I needed to create a space where people could come and get true answers that work and that they can implement today. And so mm-hmm. that's the reason why I started doing what I do. That's beautiful because you're right. Some people don't voice those thoughts, opinions, or processes. Some people have thinking capacities to make things happen, but because of those limitations, they feel like they are caged and now they can't be themselves, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people because I was like, this is just not working. We're, you know, we got married and, you know, Unfortunately, marriage does not come with a manual, right? It doesn't say you do this today and then you do this. You know, it, it doesn't come with a manual. You kind of have to figure it out. And then when you add kids and bills and, and not enough money and stress and all that into the mix, it becomes just disaster. And that's the reason why the divorce rate in America is so high. Um, and not just in America, around the world, it's really high because people now, you know, especially women, um, have more resources and are more career driven than our parents was and our grandparents were. And so now they can, it's, it's an easy out. And, you know, Hollywood has glamorized the easy out that you can move on to the next, right? And so when you're facing all of those things, and especially the younger generation, they're like, I don't need to get married. I can just, you know, live with the person. And if it doesn't work, I can move on to the next. And so I really wanted to bring marriage to the forefront and that it can be good at any age. You can have some tools and strategies that will work. Um, you can have intimacy, love, and amazing sex in the confines of marriage because marriage has gotten a bad rap that once you get married to it, she ain't going to open her legs. You know, all of those things that people have in their minds, right? And I have a young, you know, young female, young boy, young men now, they're, they're men, and they're like, Mom, I don't need to get married, you know, you know, everything's going good with my girlfriends. And I'm like, but that's not the way you was raised. And then, you know, they keep feeding me what, you know, society is saying. And so um, we're trying to change the narrative, and I'm trying to do that, you know, 
one sexy wife at a time. So that that is my mission. I love that. One sexy wife at a time. Now, when you think about that, some some wives, some people, some some relationships, they don't really feel that way because some people have never really had like bomb sex or bomb experiences to really know that there is something on the other side and that's why people say test the waters and everything so there's always this like misconception so how does someone that doesn't know what it feels like anticipate for that kind of feeling well the thing is is that so many people get and i was one of those people right i mean get with tested the waters right before we said i do but a lot of people go into um having sex with people without really having any kind of intimacy with them before. And what do I mean? Intimacy has absolutely to do nothing to do with sex. Sex is just the act of that lasts probably seven minutes, to be honest with you. Intimacy is something that starts outside of the bedroom, whether you're married or are single, right? It starts outside of the bedroom and it's something that has to be cultivated. And intimacy is really truly tearing down all the walls of, you know, what you experience in other relationships and what you've seen going on in your own household with your mother and your father or the lack of, because I grew up in a single family home as well as my husband did. You know, all of those things. And I grew up not knowing and seeing what healthy relationships looks like, right? I grew up with a, a bunch of women that were career driven that told me I could do absolutely anything and I did not need a man to, to define me and all of those different things. So when I came into my marriage, I had my own house, my own car, my own everything at 21 years old. So, you know, that was a disaster waiting to happen because when I looked around and I looked at my mom and my grandmother and my aunts or whatever, amazing women, right? I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I love them and they love me. But when it came to the relationship thing, I was mirror, I was repeating the curse. I was doing all the things that they did in order for them to get divorced, right? And so when you're in a situation where you want to experience mind-blowing sex, what I call, right, mind-blowing sex, you have to allow that person to know the real you. You have to have some conversation, some laughs, some touching, some love, all of that stuff outside of the bedroom. So when you get in the bedroom, there is nothing that is blocking you that's going on in the mind. And I tell people the best way to have best sex is to clear the mind because whatever the mind is saying, the body's going to follow. So if you have uh, insecurities with your body, if you have unforgiveness with the person you're about to have sex with that said something to you two weeks ago, if you have anything going on in your mind, the body is not going to line up and allow you to experience sex like you've never experienced it before, right? So I tell people to take care of whatever's going on outside of the bedroom so there can be magic inside of the bedroom. Does that make sense? A lot of sense because when you think about it, men think logically and women think emotionally. And like yeah. we say, if we start talking to her from the morning when she leaves, lunchtime, you know, like a little seeds, you know, just dropping a few things in there, maybe a few pictures, you know, things that are just spicy. It doesn't necessarily have to be directly towards sex, but it's also focused on the the value of reciprocity. You know, you want to value someone, so you want to give and receive. Some women say they've never received. Some men say they don't, they've never received. So it's always this questionable thought, like, what do we do here? We're stuck. We don't know what to do. Are we going to just sit here or are we going to have to watch someone do something so we can help each other? It's, it's true. And a lot of people, when when they're, they're seeking to have that, wow moment right to orgasm and all of these different things that goes on when you're really enjoying and, and whatever but it's preparation outside and that's the reason why the porn industry is you know a multi-billion dollar industry but i will tell you this i have interviewed a porn star right and i did that i, I took the time to interview a porn star a stripper and a prostitute because i wanted to understand what was so appealing about these you know, those women to men, right? And they all taught me something. And what the, the porn star told me was, is that 
what you guys are seeing, you know, when you're watching porn, and some people watch it alone, and some people watch it together in order to try to recreate or try to get themselves where they enjoy, they're enjoying sex, right? But that, that is still not the answer, right? They can teach you different moves and, you know, fantasies and all those kind of things, but you can create those things. But again, it has to happen and it has to start outside the bedroom, right? People have to feel like they're two fulfilled people going inside of the bedroom. A lot of times we go inside of the bedroom just to have a release. And having a release is good, but it's not a fulfilling release, right? I know, I know for women, you know, uh, that have slept with multiple guys. Some of them are fulfilling and some of them was just like, I just needed, I just felt like I was just laying there. It was nothing going on. And it was because you didn't have that intimacy outside of the bedroom. But going back to the porn star, she was saying that those scenes are, are spent. They, they have to do over and over again. And it's, it's looped because nobody can really sustain that banging and all, he can't stay erect that much and all the different kind of things that is not real. But of course it's creating a fantasy and people want that kind of spark in their bedroom. So they engage in that and it could be, it could be a good thing sometimes, but it also can be a negative thing because nobody can really perform at that level and keep it as long as they do on those, those clips. It's just not real. Mm. Now, when you mention that way, some guys are like, "What are you talking about? Um, I know what I I know what I know. Like, what you mean I can't last?" So, some people will be having that ego check. You know, it's always there. Like, the, even women will be like, "Yeah, you can't you can't do what you what I can do. Like, I'm gonna make you like." There's always gonna be that thought process. But like, when someone, and I, get it, I get it all the time on my social. Media. Yeah. But let me just tell you, even the best men. I mean, there there is some men that can sustain an erection for a, a, a longer period of time. But most men cannot sustain an erection over 10 minutes. And I'll tell you why. If he, if he can do that, that means that he has literally mastered his body and he has learned some different techniques. And I, I in one of my TikTok videos, I talked about the squeeze method and breathing through it in order for you not to, to reach climax so quickly. But it takes time to master that. Right. But I don't care if he's the best of the best. Ten minutes is his limit. I, I, I don't care what nobody says. Ten minutes is his limit. I am a sexologist. I've been a sexologist for a long time. And trust and believe me, that is the longest. And when it comes to women, it takes us anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes to even be able to get to the point where we are best. Right. And, and, and that is a woman that is just an ordinary woman that is, you know, has had a lot of foreplay, understands her body and all those different kind of things. Now, in the movies and, you know, porn and some other things, they have been able, again, to master their bodies. But a lot of times it's not real as well because she has just met this person, right? A lot of times they have this two stars, porn stars coming together and they have no chemistry, they have nothing, and they have to create it. Mm. So it's not real. And she's like, it's been many a times that she, you know, the, the porn star that I talked to, she's like, we just met like 15 minutes before, and then we're on there, and we had to make it work. And so she said a lot of times they have to create where she orgasm in the same way with him because it's, it's just was no chemistry there, but they was just having to do the, to get the, the coins. That's right. pretty much what, what happens. Yeah, and I like what you said about the 10 minutes, 20 minutes, because if you think about it, like most women say they've never felt, what, they don't know what that feels like because it takes 20 minutes, but a guy can't even last three seconds. So it's like, where, where's the threshold? <laughs> and that's the reason why it has to be a lot of intimacy going on outside of the bedroom. And it, it is, it's a, it's a lot of, uh, like they said, you know, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti, right? You guys are able to compartmentalize every single area of your life. Work is in this box. Family is in this box. Kids are in this box. You know, my mother is in this box. But we as women are like spaghetti. Everything is intertwined. And the perfect example is if, you're, if we have a bad day at work, right? We come home and we want to talk about it, right? We want to, oh my God, if this happened, and we tell you blow by blow. And then when you're trying to engage with us, we're still thinking about what happened at work. And that's the reason why 
it doesn't, it's not fulfilling. And then that's the reason why we start to pull back. And that's the reason why you're like, you're, 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 you're not sleeping with me. And if we can't even equate it to why we're not sleeping with you. And we don't realize that two weeks have passed because we, we're worried about all the stuff that's happening outside of the bedroom that has nothing to do with you. Mm. And we're not communicating. Listen, I had a hard day at work. I don't mean to, you know, not, not want to engage in sex with you tonight. It's just that my mind is not there, right? We don't say that. We just act like we're falling asleep early, right? Mm-hmm. Or we act like something is wrong. We're not feeling good. So you won't rub up on us. And then you, we feel we have to push you away. We're not communicating. And then this becomes this thing. So one, you know, one day turns into two. Two turns into three, and then the week happens, no sex. And then another week happens, no sex. And then you're starting to feel like, what's going on? Like, we, we, we're in a sexless marriage. And it just becomes this repetitive thing. And it's because all of this stuff is going on in our brains, right? And I, I say this more for women than men. Because for the most part, it is women that have so much on their brains and on their plates where they don't want to engage in sex. Now, when a man pulls away, it's for a couple of different reasons. And the main reason is for one, he's either stressed, for two, he's lost interest in his wife and he has something else going on on the side, or three, he's dealing with some type of health issue that is causing him not to be able to perform. So he pulls away in that area. Mm, That's deep. And I love what you said about the communication part of it, because when you don't communicate, you can't do that. And when you think about this, this is like a a two-part question, right? Mm -hmm. And it's crazy (laughs) because we're getting closer and closer to the time. But just to warm it up a little bit, when you think about relationships and working out and people just, you know, having a good time, what would you say is recommended for couples? Is it exercise or sexercise? I think both. I think the, the exercise part of it is good because it keeps you, uh, it releases endorphins and it gives you a high, but it also keeps your body in shape and it makes you feel good and you release stress. But you can also have amazing sex and you can burn calories, right? And you can feel good and it releases happy endorphins. So for me and my husband, we choose to do both. We choose to work out, right? You know, I I do walk, I walk two miles a day for the most part. And he, you know, he does his workout as well. And sometimes we work out together because that can be really sexy as well to sweat together. And then we work it out in the bedroom and we burn extra calories. So I would say do both because for most women, I don't care how beautiful she is. And I've been able to coach some of the most beautiful women in their marriages and stuff like that. And when you see them on the red carpet, they're drop dead gorgeous. Their body is tight, you know, everything else, but they still deal with some type of self-esteem, right? Mm. And so for a woman, wherever you are, and, and, and it can affect how you enjoy and how you receive and how you give pleasure if you're not feeling your best. It, it, it's just it's something that we we deal with, right? I have met, met one woman. Not one that does not deal with self-esteem, self-esteem issues, whether she's famous and rich and can have everything tightened at the you know drop of a dime or the ordinary working woman. And I'm just being honest. So for women, we deal with a lot of self-esteem issues. And especially if we have a guy that's not telling us that we're beautiful, that, you know, oh, you look wonderful or, oh, I love that color on you or whatever that is. If we're not getting that affirmation, not all the time, right? But if we're not getting that on a consistent basis, we're inundated by media all the time saying this is what's pretty, this is what's beautiful, whatever. Mm. If you're not fitting in that box and your mate is not telling you that, then you can you can suffer self-esteem problems. Yeah. And that can also affect you in the bedroom. That's true. That's true. Even when you think about foreplay, some some people say, oh, yeah, you got to get a lingerie. Some people just just strip and continue. And some people just have to wait. You know, they take each other's clothes off. So it depends on the mood. Is there any direct way for that? Because some people say, oh, you have to set it up. You have to put some candles. Sometimes you just have to be spontaneous to just do it in front of a store. You know, like how people just go, <laughs> go crazy. I think, all, I think what you mentioned, all of uh, 
above is the best way. Whatever, I think quickies are amazing because, you you know, it's, it's quick, fast, in a hurry, and it's exciting, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you, you do it in the car or whatever, right? That That's amazing. But also really planning the night out and doing the candles and doing the lingerie or whatever. And my thing is the same thing that you did to get them is the same thing you need to do to keep them, right? Plus more, right? So I say a combination of quickies, planned out, you know, whatever, when it comes to lingerie, the candles and all those kind of things. And also just walking up to your your significant other and start undressing them. How Whatever works for you. But I say incorporate all three. That keeps it exciting and it doesn't become this same old, same old job, right? That mm-hmm. most people think that once you're with somebody for a long period of time, then it just becomes a chore instead of a pleasure. Yeah, I think so too. Because once you start thinking about the the pleasure points and where you can listen, because when you start getting observant to know where the spots are, you you start thinking about those things and you're paying attention. It's more enjoyable because some people don't want to finish so fast because they want to enjoy that race. And sometimes I don't know why people are rushing. (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't get it either why people rush. And to me, foreplay is the biggest thing that you can introduce into your, your your sex life more than just the act itself because it allows you to really explore each other's bodies, understand each other's erogenous zones, and it is pleasurable and it also can help you last longer in, in the bedroom because you understand what sensations send, send your particular partner, right? And, and I, I, I have done extensive teaching on the erogenous zones and how important they are because a lot of people don't play that up. And again, as we mature, they change. And so you're forever learning each other's bodies, right? I don't care if you're in your 20s, when you get in your 30s, something's going to change when you get in your 40s and so on. And so it's constantly understanding and learning that the body is going to change, those points are going to change, and if you're constantly exploring each other's bodies, then you're constantly learning something new and you're constantly continuing to add to your repertoire in, when it comes to sex and, and fulfillment. Mm, that, that makes a lot of sense because now you're thinking about them and no longer about yourself. And now that's yep. where that intimacy from outside the bedroom starts to kick in. Yeah, it surely does. Yeah, I really like that. Because now I'm thinking all of a sudden, okay, so we're in this relationship. We're having a good time. I think it's also good. Some people say that it's not good to ask how good it is in the process because you're not going to get the right response. So you can ask a day after or you don't even need to ask and just fill and see. Is there really, like you said, there's no manual. There's no menu. How do you treat that if you start noticing I want more or I want less? Well, the thing is, is that I believe that you, if you're constantly communicating your needs, your wants and desires outside of the bedroom, then it carries over into the bedroom. You know, um, so many people are not having conversations and they think they should just plop in the bedroom and everything should be okay. The answer is no, and I just did a teaching on why women fake orgasms, right? And, and and the number one reason is because they don't want to hurt your feelings because it's not happening outside of the bedroom, right? Mm. And so they just go through the act, act like everything's okay, not being fulfilled, and then they feel like, oh my God, you know, when he wants to do this again, I got to do it because I'm in this relationship, but if I'm really not feeling it because it's not fulfilling. Right. And again, it's all about conversations, right? And it's all about if you are, if you can open your legs or get between a woman's legs, you should be able to talk to them outside of the bedroom mm. with no filters. Facts. You should be able to say, listen, you know, last night, you know, it was good, but let me just tell you, this is how you're going to please me better. Mm. And I, I think people respect each other better than, than faking it or withholding. Mm-hmm. So many people just start withholding and it's because it's not fulfilling. So it's like, you know, why continue to do something? We're going to use exercise. Why continue to exercise, right? If you see no results or why continue to exercise if you're going to go eat? 
two burgers and two things of fries in a shake after you exercise. It's, it's, it's like canceling it out, right? Right. So the thing is, is that in order for you to have amazing sex, you got to be communicating outside of the bedroom. You know, honey, at the end of the day, I have nothing left because I, I you know, I work a full-time job, which we both do. But, you know, when I get home, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing laundry. I'm, you know, I, I got, you know, 15 things to do before this. If you could at least just start the laundry for me, that would take 45 minutes that I don't have to do, right? And that would give me 45 minutes where I can put it now in the bedroom. Mm. It's a simple fix, right? Being able, because he probably doesn't even know what you're doing because he probably comes on home after you so you've done all of these things and he's thinking everything is running running well it's a conversation because again we only get 24 hours worth of time and when you want to engage in sex and have quality sex it's mind-blowing sex it takes it takes work it just doesn't automatically happen just like it doesn't automatically happen you gain weight or automatically you lose weight that's true and and i like that because once you work on that on a consistent basis you learn about yourself and then you start enjoying yourself so that's why some guys when they say oh you yeah, have a pull out game strong they know themselves because they can they know what they do now like you mentioned the squeeze method because now we're going into the the premium section and if you're here i'm so glad you're able to be part of this because you're going to really learn more because <laughs> you're here. <laughs> Tell us more about the squeeze method and how it actually applies during. Like, can you visualize it so that someone can think through it? Because when you say it, we may be like, okay, I can Google that. But if they can think through it, then they can probably define it. Well, it, it is uh, a method that a man can use if he experiences premature ejaculation. You know, if he comes really quickly during, you know, on sex and it, it, like I said, it takes time. It doesn't, you can't just do this one time and think you're going to master it. It is literally like exercise. And what the squeeze method is, is that when right before you feel the sensation that you're about to, to come, what you want to do is squeeze the head of the penis really, really lightly and begin to take really deep breaths. And what it does, it calms down the nerve and everything that's in that area, and it helps you breathe through it. And once you that sensation goes away, then you can begin to, you know, engage again. But it takes a couple, and you're going to have to do it a couple of times because, again, it's an excitement thing that's going on in the bedroom. But again, and it takes, like, is you're going to have to learn to, this technique, and it does not always work when you first start it, but it can be an effective tool that men can use if they, you know, ejaculate really quickly and they're not able to satisfy their partners. And, and you know, it, it'll take you a few minutes to refuel again. And that's the reason why this method is so good. But again, it, it's not something you can do one time and think that you mastered it. It, 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 it happens over a period of time. Yeah, speaking, so that's what the squeeze method is. Nice, I like that because speaking of foreplay as well, I don't know if it's a fact, but it works for some. But if you, during foreplay the girl is giving head, I, mm-hmm. if she's giving head to the guy, then he mm-hmm. can last longer because of the stimulation. Is that something that helps? Because some girls don't like to, some girls like to, so it's kind of like a debatable thing and a guy really wants that too. Well, when it comes to giving, you know, fellatio correctly, I, I teach yeah. a class called The Show and it's it's a, it's a hands-on class and a lot of women don't know how to do it correctly and so, and, and it becomes a chore, the, they have the gag reflexes, they don't know if they should swallow or whatever, so I teach them a technique how to spew without being offensive to a guy or whatever. And to be honest with you, giving correct fellatio has nothing to do with helping you guys last longer. Most of the time, it stimulates you to kind of um, ejaculate quicker. But what happens is, is that since you were not thrusting, right, using your pelvic floor, right, she was actually giving you stimulation, it does help you regenerate quicker than normally if you was thrusting and you ejaculated. Is that making sense? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, so that's why people probably get the thing that it makes them last longer. It's not necessarily true. It's just that you're not exercising the pelvic floor when you're thrusting, going in and out. So your, your response time is quicker. You're able to, even if you do ejaculate, whether in her mouth or, um, you know, she, she whatever, voids it, 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 it does help you because you don't have the, the pelvic floor that was engaged in that. So with the, she was manually stimulated. Right. So with the pelvic floor and the thrusting now, usually when you mm-hmm. think about positions, the positions are there to have different angles because of different sure. cessations. So is there a difference between, like, let's say it's, um, like, on top, you know, if it's a, a different style, like doggy style, for example, if you have all those different styles, there are different angles at different lengths at different times. Do, that, do those change as far as the way you react to the ejaculation or that doesn't matter either? It, it really doesn't. It really does not matter. Okay. Um, what, 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 it just gives you different sensations, different sex positions, sex positions give you different sensations, right? And it gives you different controls, Right. And when you're in a missionary position, most of the time the man is on top, the woman's laying flat, right? And so it gives you more of a, of a, a, a different kind of tempo um, when you're engaging in sex. But when you're doing doggy style, of course, she can, she can meet you halfway. It, it just kind of just depends on what type of uh, position you're in. And a lot of times um, you have to be very careful when you're inserting in the different other different positions besides a missionary position and when it comes to lubrication and that's the reason why foreplay is really really um important especially for women because i don't care how young you are our body still is like an oven and you guys are still like a microwave and so it takes us time to lubricate vaginally and you want to make sure that she's well lubricated if she's not using, you know, outside lube because you don't want any tearing or anything like that to go on when you're switching positions and all those kind of things. And the, the, the friction can also cause little micro tears, all kind of different things. So you want to be careful when you're engaging in different positions, which I think are amazing um, because they do give you different sensations. They do give you different, um, you know, uh, orgasms they can give you so many different things which I tell people don't just stay in the missionary position and also if you're a woman that has uh, a very weak core um, I, I tell women to really invest in a position pillow so you're able to sustain yourself when you're switching positions and it's to, I mean you can buy one for $20 or whatever and it's going to literally change the sensations that you get and how you orgasm and it helps you lubricate a lot quicker as well. So it's a lot of different um, benefits to using a sex position pillow that can uh, actually help you feel comfortable and help you guys feel comfortable getting us in those different positions as well. Yeah, I think so too, because once there's that connection, it starts to change the dynamics because now she feels better. Some people say that, oh yeah, um, because it's too big, I feel... I feel like it hurts or and some people are like oh sweet pain some people it's different <laughs> chronologies for it yeah so. i mean some women think yeah that that pain is good but pain is not always good and it, you have to be able to switch positions because sex should not be painful it should be pleasurable right and if you have a man that has a larger birth you really want to focus in on uh, making sure that the angles and the positions are comfortable for you and you might have to introduce some additional loops in order for the glide to happen, right? Because again, you don't want to leave or, you know, finish sex and have pain. You don't want to have any tears. You don't want to have any of those things. So again, it's all about, you know, having a conversation outside of the bedroom and was, you know, saying, well, when we tried this position, it was very painful for me. So can we implement this or can we modify this or whatever? Um, again, sex should never be painful. It should always be pleasurable, right? Now, there is some some stuff that people introduce into their bedrooms that can be painful or whatever. But, pain, you know, if you're, you know, practicing bondage and all kind of different things, that's a whole different, um, you know, realm and a whole different conversation. 
but for the most part, if you're just engaging in normal sex, it should not be painful. Yeah. It really should not be painful. So what if it is something that is actually consistently coming to you? Like, you know, different positions have different strokes for different folks. So, like, if mm-hmm. one position is really hurting, should they stay away from that position or should they go and see why it's happening every time? See why it's happening and it could be the angle of insertion. It could be, you know, how her body's positioned or how his body position. It could, I mean, so it's many different things, but again, you should be able to communicate and say, oh my God, this is not feeling really good right now. So let, let's kind of, you know, let me tweak this. And if it's still painful, then, then void that position and move on to another, right? Because there's 66 of them. You, 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 I mean, that's a lot of positions to go through, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody can't achieve all of those positions because it has to do with body type. It has to do with all kinds of different things that are going, what type of bed you have, you know, the mattress, how it sinks. I mean, it's a lot of things that go into a lot of those positions, but the main ones should not be, you know, painful. They should be pleasurable and you should explore. Because again, to me, if you have a great conversation and you have... Uh, a lot of intimacy outside of the bedroom, you should be open to explore and not do the same old, same old, because that's what happens a lot of times. People get complacent and get lazy, and they just do the same old, same old, and then it's it's not exciting. That's the reason why men start looking at pornography, and that's the reason why, you know, men start going to strip clubs and all of these different kind of things that we don't think are, are equated, but they really are. Because mm, sometimes when you think a guy is in a strip club and he's married or he's in a relationship or he's with his girl, it looks like it's all good. But I don't know if that's kind of like a behind the scenes porn setting <laughs> for them. Yeah. You know, it could be that yeah. or it could just it be. It could be because you, she's if she's at the strip club with them, it could be and not, not all the time, but it could be that she's trying to see what is this woman doing right to. To, to make her husband want to be or her, her significant other go to this strip club, right? A lot of times women are not comfortable going to strip clubs. I'm not, I know I'm going to get some backlash, but someone like, I love to go to strip clubs. Okay, if you love to go to strip clubs, I'm sure you're not wanting to go look at another woman. You probably want to go to a club where there's men, right? So at the end of the day, it, it is something that she's trying to figure out or fulfill for him in order for her to do that, right? Mm. And again, I, I I just, last night, I did a teaching on why men go to strip clubs. And it's, sometimes it's boredom. Sometimes it's for arousal from a different source. Sometimes it's because of loneliness. It's sometimes because, and, and again, I, I went and did the research, and the, the, the biggest thing is because when you're in a committed relationship, we become complacent Mm. and we don't ask the hard questions. How am I meeting your needs sexually? How am I meeting your needs mentally? All of those things play heavily on, on both of our, both sides, women and men. And we, we, we just take it for granted that since we're still living under the same household or we still are communicating, everything is good. You got to ask the hard questions. Mm. How am I looking? Am I still looking sexually or pleasing to you? And be ready for the answers. Yeah. Be I, ready for the answers. I think that changes. And a lot changes. of people are not ready for the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we take each other for granted. Oh, he's going to always be here. Oh, she's going to always be here. No, 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 no. It's people buying for people's time all the time. I wear a wedding ring every single day. People can Google search me and know that I'm married. I have men from all over the world still trying to get with me, saying they can take care of me or whatever. And at the end of the day, if I wasn't getting what 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 I needed here, the world the world is open to me, you mm. know. And that's how it starts. That's how infidelity starts. Yeah. And it's, it, but but you got to ask the hard questions and. And my husband has done a great job. Not that he always did, and not that I always been the, uh, the best wife. But we start asking the hard question. We do a relationship checkup twice a year. 
How am I meeting your sexual needs? How am I meeting your mental needs? How am I handling your household? How are we doing with our finances? All of those things play a big part on why people are not having mind-blowing sex. That's mind-blowing. That is (laughs) mind-blowing, definitely. Because when you're thinking about it now, I'm asking and I'm wondering, also for the listeners, also I'm wondering if there are so many positions and they have to go to a strip club, how can they find it when they only know two or three? Listen. <laughs> Without <it's>, porn. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you can Google search anything. Like I, I have written a book, Position Yourself for Pleasure, and it tells you all the different sex positions, the benefits of them, how to get into them. And, and how not to hurt yourself trying to achieve them. But but again, it, it's, it's all about stepping out of your comfort zone and wanting the information because the information is out there. Mm. It really is. And it's, it's, it's not being complacent, but it's also saying, you know what? We tried, we've been doing these two same sex positions for the last two years or whatever. And it is boring to me. I want to introduce these new things, so let me do the research, or let me buy the book, or whatever. Go visit Gail's website, whatever it is, and and, and get the information, so we can do something different. Because not only if you're not saying it, your partner's probably not saying it either, but they know it. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to start the conversation. Yeah. Because you know when you know when things ain't magic. You know, you know when it's not when it's not popping in the bedroom. You know it, <laughs> right? But your thing is, if I can just get my knees met, she can get her knees met, then we'll be okay. No, because what happens is eventually it's going to wear out. You're going to be bored. She's going to be bored, and then it's a chore. And then somebody else comes along, and they seem exciting, and then that's when infidelity happens. Mm. Speaking of that infidelity when it comes to like marriage let's say dating to marriage and then marriage into the whole you know you're already deep into it some people say that like you see all these lounges where people go and you know they do swinging and everything and they are couples is that something that is against prohibited or is it something like you said out of consensus or it doesn't help does it spice up the marriage uh, apart from porn like where does that fit in in society to me, the thing is, when it comes to swinging and when it comes to all of those different kind of things, for, for me personally, I don't engage in that because I, I believe I'm enough and Gil believes he's enough for me. But if anything, if, with two adults, if they touch and agree and they are okay with that in their relationship, but it has to be something where both people agree, Right. And when both people don't agree, then they need to agree to stop, right? What happens is a lot of times is the the guy will be like, you know, I want to go try this, right? I want to I want to get involved in this, and the woman does not want don't want to do it, but she doesn't want to lose him either. So she gets into this this thing, and again, it's all about self esteem. It's all about self worth. It's all about uh, your value. And so if she's feeling like, I can't get anybody else, I, this doesn't agree, I want to go see what's so great about these uh, this other woman and all this kind of stuff, then you get caught up in it. But it's never something that you really wanted to engage in. It's going to end up bad. Mm. And I've coached couples that have tried it, but it wasn't two agreeing people. It was one person that convinced another person, right? to do it and then it, it was explosive because they were not two people on the same page wanting to engage in the same things mm. and, and and it could be very very detrimental to a relationship and it's kind of hard to 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 come back from it it can happen but for the most part if you don't if there's any reservations about engaging in threesomes and all those different kind of things, if there's any reservations, don't do it. Because it's not going to end up well for one of one of the parties. It's just not. So what if two parties agree? What does that do to the relationship? Is there a side effect to that? It could be a side effect to it. And what the side effect could be is that you're significant other whether it's the the woman or the man could feel like 
they enjoy the other person more more than you. And then you're feeling like I introduced this and now they're enjoying that person more sexually than me. And they keep wanting to engage with them instead of more than me. And then that causes the problem. You know mm. what I mean? Because then you start feeling inadequate. Whether it's the woman or the man. Because they can whip it better, right? And, and, and it, it, it just becomes this thing. Now, again, there is some couples that engage and threesomes or, you know, swinging and all this. And it works for them and they, it benefits their relationship and they're okay with that. But that percentage is so low. When I say it's low, it's really low, probably 12% at the most. Wow. They are able to sustain it and be happy in it, and both people are being fulfilled. Mm. That's a lot of criteria to check off the list. <laughs> yes, it is. But a lot of people like to try it. But I've, I've also seen some people that engage in threesomes, and it was not what they thought. Because, again, they were like, well, you was doing this with her and you never done that with me. And, you know, it, it became this, this thing. And, and, and they were like, well, I, well, she, she did this to me first. So I thought it was okay. And you was watching and it just becomes this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's been where, um, the woman is not gay. Right. You know, but he wants to see that. And then she want, she doesn't really want to engage in that. And then it becomes this big blow. And it, it's so many dynamics that can happen with that. And again, all of those things need to be, you know, worked out before you engage in that. And I've had a couple of couples to come to me and want to engage with, you know, threesomes and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, at the end of the day, you got to ask the hard questions. Are you just wanting to sleep with multiple women, right? While your wife watches yes okay the other question is do you want your wife to engage with this other woman well i would like to see that she's like no that question those questions wouldn't have been answered until they engaged and then it would have been a big fallout then they decided they weren't going to do it because she didn't want to engage in that type of behavior right mm. and so you got to ask the hard questions and you got to do it outside of the bedroom again in order for it to work inside of the bedroom because a lot of times people are not thinking they're just thinking with their sexual mind and not with their right mind and, and that sexual mind only lasts a couple of minutes that your right mind is going to last the entire relationship am i making sense yeah total sense total sense yeah. it, it helps someone to really think about what they want to do with the relationship because that really helps them change that. And and when you think about that, sometimes people think, oh, it's going to work. It's not going to work. But when they try it and they see it for themselves, it happens. You know, there are some places like in Houston, you know, you can go there, New Orleans, you can go to Atlanta. So, like, you can do all these things. But I think at the end of the day, it's what you both want together. And, and you have to have, a, like I said, a conversation, an open and honest conversation so you'll know what you're getting into, right? Everybody has their own sexual playbook and everybody has their own fantasies. And I think that you should explore them as long as you are exploring them and you're communicating your needs, your wants and desires honestly outside of the bedroom and allow the other person to make a informed decision. And you ask the hard questions. Mm. Same way with introducing sex toys and all kind of different things, right? There's nothing wrong with introducing sex toys as long as you have a conversation and you're not in the midst of having sex and then you just whip out this thing and the person is shocked, right? Right. So it's all of these different things that people need to have a conversation with and say, you know, I just want to add some spice to our, you know, our sexual thing. You fulfill me 100%, but this is just going to help me reach orgasm quicker. You know, it's a, it's a tool for foreplay, for whatever that is. It's a whole lot of conversation that has to be happening because you don't want that person again to feel that you got to bring this in or bring another person in because you're not fulfilling me. That's exactly. Not, that's not what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly. This is amazing. One last thing I would love to ask before we close is this part. Because it's going to be talking more about, you know, what you've already done with the amazing books. And I love what is out there. Now, when you when you talk about 
praying for the penis. <laughs> Someone is like, what are we going to learn from this? <laughs> and I love the way you put it. <laughs> well, praying for the penis, I wrote along with a urologist because I have so many people that are coming to me that are dealing with erectile dysfunction at younger ages. I have so many men that are dealing with premature ejaculation at so many young ages, right? Um, and really what it is, it's, it's a guide that I wrote to really help women understand um, what men go through with their sexual health, right? Why they, you know, pull away. Because a lot of times when you guys stop wanting to engage in sex, which is a, a, a natural instinct for you to want to think about sex. And most men think about sex 11 to 12 times a day, literally. You have some kind of sexual thought. 11 to 12 times a day, right? If it's more than that, sometimes there is some sexual addictions going on, but we're not going there. <laughs> but, um, um, but I really wanted women to understand the psyche of a man and how you guys operate. And if you begin to pull away, again, it has nothing to do with you necessarily. It could be that you're experiencing erectile dysfunction, you're experiencing you know, depression, you're experiencing some type of something to make you not be able to perform, right? And so I want, I wrote that book for that reason because I wanted men to also know that there's AIDS out there. If you, um, you know, I talk about the squeeze technique, I talk about different positions, I talk about breathing techniques, I talk about, uh, you know, uh, if you, you, you can't keep an erection, different pumps you can use, different devices, sex toys you can introduce. All, I talk about all of those things in that book. And with Keep Your Legs Open, A Wife's Guide to Sexual Satisfaction, it really helps her understand her body, how we, how we work and how to achieve different orgasms and how to communicate with you guys what we want. Because a lot of times, we don't communicate with you guys what really feels good to us, but we expect you to know. Mm. And the truth is, you only know what you have experienced with another woman, what you've seen on TV, and then or, or in porn, or what your boy, they say, has worked for him. Right? right. And we're all individuals, and we, we, we have different mechanisms, right? And how do we communicate our needs, our wants, and desires to be able to orgasm and to be fulfilled sexually just as you, if you are fulfilled sexually. So I wrote that book for that. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to have this in the show notes so that you guys can get direct access to it because you guys need to get some free game on this and, and educate yourself, invest in yourselves, you know, get some knowledge because this is information that you don't get on Google every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm so glad you were able to be here, Gail. I really appreciate you for joining us. If there's any way they can reach out to you, what are the best possible options they can tap in? The best possible options is just you can Google me. All my social media is Gail Crowder. And if you go to my website, it's just gailcrowder.com. And again, I do a free uh, wife chat every Tuesday on Facebook Live. I do a uh, TikTok every Wednesday live. I, I mean, I, I'm on IG. So all my social media is just Gail Crowder. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And I that you, I've given out some information that your listeners um, can utilize and tap into and just to think about. Yeah, most definitely. I believe so too. And they're definitely going to make sure they're going to rewind this, play over it, think about it, and definitely reach out to you if they have any other questions. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.